I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All things New Orleans Saints. This is Who Dat Discussion. Powered by Overtime Media. Hello and welcome back into another all-season edition here at the Houdat Discussion. As always, I'm your host, Andrew Galato, and we have a fun episode in store for you guys as we are going to recap kind of the last week's nudes. We're going to give all the players the Saints got in the draft, in free agency, re-signing. We're going to give it all grades, kind of to see how they fit with the Saints. It's going to be grading the draft. And again, it's gonna be it's gonna be it should be a really fun episode. We're gonna go through basically from round one all the way through round seven, the four picks the Saints made, and then also grade the Saints QB situation by adding James Winston and then also re-signing Taysom Hill. So will be a lot of fun there. Just a quick note before we start. Ted Ginn did sign with the Bears, so he will not be returning with the Saints next season, which I'm completely fine with. I think the Saints got a big upgrade there with Emmanuel Sanders, so to me, not a big issue, not a big issue with Ginn leaving, I think a lot of fans are just like, kind of is what it is there with him, and again, I think the Saints, they don't need Ginn anymore, they don't need that deep threat, again, he he just didn't really fit, I do think Deontay Harris can even be better than Teddy Ginn at the deep threat at this point in his career, but we'll have to see what happens there, but to me, very, very interesting to see kind of how it all figured out with Ginn leaving, and Again, I was kind of thinking, I was like, maybe the Saints would resign him just to have a camp body there, but I guess not, and I'm completely fine with it, but I did want to start off with that, but I think with all that said, we are going to get right into this, starting off, first pick, Thursday night, got Saints fans into kind of a tizzy, kind of got me into a tizzy, you can go back, watch that episode, and I was like, I don't really know about this, I much rather would have Patrick Queen and, you know, whoever was available, and the Saints pick... In a stunner, I think, really, Cesar Ruiz from Michigan. I'm going to give it a B plus. Now, I think before I may have given it a worse rating, but I think a B plus is fair. I mean, to me, very athletic, very smart guard versus center. He's the best center in the draft. And that's something I think we all have to look at. He, you know, He's great in pass pass uh, protection, good in run, de- uh, good in run def- uh, defending as well, or run protection, I should say. And then also he's got a great motor. Really good technique, which I think is huge. They think his size may need some work, but I don't even think so. I think he's a perfect player, plug-and-play type player for the Saints. Now, here's the thing. Where will you plug-and-play it? Because you do have Larry Walford still on this roster. So, to me, kind of interesting. And where are you going to put him right now? Or or are you going to trade Walford? Now, if they traded Walford for a player of the same value, I, I, I think we'd all be okay with that. But we don't know about that yet. We don't know what the Saints will do in that situation. To me, that's very interesting. But to me, I don't think there's a big drop-off between Ruiz and Walford. Or if they put Ruiz at center and then move McCoy over to guard. Because I think Ruiz is a better center than McCoy. But I don't think that... I I don't know if McCoy is better than Walford. I don't know how that would really kind of balance out. I I think we'd have to see it in person to really, really get a full 
to really get a full kind of inkling of what's going to happen here and how, how they're going to do together. But I do like that the Saints are going young and they're able to kind of refill the line with those with those high draft picks. And I do think that's big. It is because now you're not going to have to pay Wofford again and you really don't have to really now you, you have to focus on paying really Ramchek right now. And then you kind of take it year by year. Maybe they get a left guard to try to replace uh, Taron Armstead. But again, that's kind of all going to progress. But I think the Saints are probably saying, look, we don't interior alignment. It's more likely to get a big hit in the draft like that. So maybe if we can just hit on the draft in a big way, get these guys to start right away, we don't need to pay Larry Law for $13 million. And that's something to look at. But my problem was with the, signing, with the pick, it wasn't even like my problem is, is that I don't like the Andrews Pete signing. And that's why I would just, to me, that that's one that I think is going to go down as just a, a negative right now. We'll, we'll have to see, but he's going to be the guard here for the next five years. You gave him a ton of money, a ton of um, guaranteed money. I don't know if that was the right thing to do. We all know his problems in play. I don't know if he was the right decision to come back for the Saints, but I think when looking back at Ruiz, he's a player that's going to come right in here. He played at a good, talented place in Michigan. He learned from good coaching. And now he's coming to the Saints, really high character guy, which I think the Saints want. Really intelligent guy, really smart guy that knows the the pass protections, knows the run, uh, kind of the run schemes that the Saints run. He's really big at those zone type running schemes, and he's good at getting out in space. And I think that's really big for what the Saints are trying to do with Kamara and Murray. And I think this pick shows that they're keeping Kamara. I I, I do think by the Saints picking this type of athlete, more not athletic because. He's definitely athletic, but he's also really smart. So I, I don't want to get you guys like he is like only physical and not smart. He's really good and smart and intelligent, but also is athletic as well. I think he's one of those perfect interior lineman prospects. That's why he's the best interior prospect in the draft. So to me, I, I, I do like that for, for what he's able to do, but he's able to get out in space. He's able to make those plays. And again, when you have Kamara, who's really good at those zone runnings, really good at those screens, and he needs his linemen to get out in space, this is a perfect pick for that. So that's why I think they're bound now to keep Kamara. And Sean Payton has said he wants it. Like, Sean Payton has been surprisingly keeping to his word. He said, yep, we're going to go keep Kamara. Yeah, he said we're going to go keep Taysom Hill. Yes, he said we're going to go lineman. Yes, he said we need a linebacker. They got a linebacker which we'll get into later, but that's kind of what Sean Payton's doing. He's not trying to trick anyone, and maybe people think he's trying to trick people, or trying to trick everyone, trick the media after he he said he lied when his interest in Antonio Brown, but it seems like he really hasn't tricked anyone yet with all these moves. They all made sense if you looked at, you know, if you followed the tea leaves, which to me is very interesting when looking at it, and I do think Cesar Ruiz is a guy that could come up in here and do a really good job. You know, he's able to, look, he's got the great athletic results, He's just, I mean, and then he's really good at the outside zone, which he's really good. He's good at moving in space. He's good at getting out in front. That's all what the Saints love to do. And he has good technique and passing. Really good anchor there, too. Which I think is huge when you have Drew Brees, who needs that kind of interior line to hold up so pass rushers don't get into his face. That's even probably more important than the tackles. That's something that's really interesting because he's really good at stepping up. But if you can't step up, then they have issues, and that's how he got hurt. That's why they lost the playoff game. So you're fortifying that, and to me, that's really big. Or maybe the Saints, I, don't, I mean, or the Saints just keep everybody, and let's just say one of those guys goes down, at least you have one of them in reserve. You have a plug-and-play guy to reserve. That's another thing that you could do. That's th- That would be interesting right now that now you're really going all in for 2020. Because to me, that, that that's kind of going to be very interesting to what you're looking at. Because, I mean, when you're looking at this team on paper, it's probably the deepest in the league, and you have stars all around. 
But to me, this Ruiz picket really gives a great depth to your line. You've got a plug-and-play plug and player. If you play him or you don't play him, at least you have that ability. And to me, that's a solid first pick when you look at the whole draft. Now, if, if they got out and got Cesar Ruiz, let's say Bond wasn't on the board, and let's say Wilson wasn't on the board, and let's say all these guys didn't fall, you would be talking about a different draft, and to me, not the B-plus grade. But again, it's a strength. It kind of strengthens a strength, which is not a bad thing. And it did have trouble. It did. With Andrus Pete. And now this at least gives you some some insurance in that. And Walford didn't play good. I don't want to put Walford off the off the book here because he didn't play good either at the end. But you're hoping that a lot of teams like what he's able to do. He's made three Pro Bowls in the last three years. I think you'll get really good value for him in the trade market. And maybe you add an impact player in another position. Maybe you add an impact, a guy that's really going to take you over the edge. Because now at least you have that bait to do that. So to me, that's, I mean, it gives you a lot of flexibility, which is kind of what you're supposed to do in the draft. Get depth, get flexibility. I think the Saints did that with this first round pick. Now, second round, or third round, I should say, second pick for the Saints. The Saints moved up to pick 74, gave up next year's third round. They move up to 74 and pick Zach Bond. The guy fell. He's supposed to be a first round pick, a late first round pick. Was kind of ranked like 30-31 in people's draft boards, kind of consensus, low first round, maybe he slips into the early second round. Well, he slips into the early third round here, and the Saints are like, the Saints tried to get him every pick from 33 all the way to 74. Every pick. So it took him over an hour to really get this pick in, and they end up getting their guy. He ends up falling. They don't give up as much in return, and he's able to, and the Saints are able to really get a really versatile player that I love now, if everyone's fully healthy, this pick is going to look great because it's going to look a lot like the Chauncey Gardner-Johnson pick because if everybody's healthy, like it was early in the secondary when the Saints had Marshawn Lattimore playing at a high level, they had Eli Apple playing a high level, and then you had Chauncey Gardner-Johnson playing in a really specific role. I mean, Saints also had good safety play as well, so you really had Gardner-Johnson was playing that specific role, and he was able to shine and look really good in it. And I, I do think that when everyone's healthy, Bond could do the same thing for the Saints. You're going to see him probably in like a linebacker role with the with coming off the edge. Maybe he starts as a linebacker, but I do think he could be more of a versatile player that could really help you in those NASCAR packages. And because you have four starting linebackers really now, then you could, even though he, if he's one of your three starters, then in those NASCAR patch, packages, he can kind of swing out to play defensive end. And then you could play those three linebackers. I love that. And, and that's kind of what the Saints are able to do here because he's got all that versatility. He can play, will play Sam linebacker. That's kind of where he's projecting as the Saints. He's probably going to be a plug-and-play starter for the Saints there. But if the Saints don't end up having him start, he's kind of, to me, he's going to play kind of a Chauncey Garner-Johnson role for the front seven of our um, defense. So I, so, I, so I do think that's, I mean, really big. He was great production. He's, re, I mean, look, 12 and a half sacks. 19 and a half tackles for loss last year. I think I don't have to say no, no more. He played the edge, but he also played linebacker as well. And then what I think the Saints really took a lot of stock into is at, at the Senior Bowl, he played linebacker. He didn't play edge rusher, and he did a really good job. And they met with him, and, 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 and I do think that that was kind of the Saints guy. They loved him when he was able to do there, and it seems like they got a steal. He's an explosive player with great lateral quickness, which is going to help him on the line and off the line. But he's able to make really good tackler, which I loved. He's, I mean, really, you, you love the versatility there. He's got the speed. He's got the athleticism to cover running backs and tight ends. He did it in college, so he has that technique down, it seems. And it seems like you're not going to have that issue where you're going to have a not, you know, a, a Craig Robinson running with, you know, the best running backs in the league. You're not going to have that happen. You're not going to have him run against Christian McCaffrey. Now, 
Again, he's a player that maybe he's he's definitely undersized to play edge, but he may be a little oversized to play linebacker. But the Saints love those kind of oversized linebackers. Those you know, I mean, he's a little more bigger. He's a little more. I mean, when you look at him, you know, he's a guy that's. I mean, look, he's running a you know four six five in the combine. His combine wasn't the best, which is why people thought he fell. But he's six two two thirty eight, which is kind of. Again, it's a little big for a linebacker, but it's not like the worst. There are linebackers that are that size, so it's not to me oversized. And if he's able to run something better, the I mean, like a four-six-five is a little slow when you're looking at guys like Patrick Queen and uh, Kenneth Murray running four fives. That could be a little of an issue, but supposedly his combine just wasn't the best. He had, a, but he did have a you know, good other um, good other attributes to the combine, but he just wasn't the best here. But he's a guy that. He did have great production in senior year, which you love to see. And he could do, and he's really good with his hips and moving in for coverage and doing, and that's big for zone coverage and man coverage. And I do think that's really big. And if his technique's really good, he can have some sneaky speed. And, 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 and that's what they say. He's just he's sneaky speed on the film. And I think that matters most than what you're running a straight 40. And I think not having a pro day could have hurt him. But again, I, I, I do think that's, fine, he, he's got to fill the A.J. Klein role, or at least the Saints, the Saints have to fill an A.J. Klein role, I think he can fill it right away, A.J. Klein's not the best player, he's not your Pro Bowl All-Star player, but I think Bond right away can do what Klein did, he's a good tackler, he's good moving in space, he's, I think, better in coverage than Klein, but we have to see him kind of in in play, but I do really love what he's able to do, I'm going to give him, a, I'm going to give the Saints A plus for this pick, because with the value, he's a really a, a top 30, top 40 player, that's the thing got, I mean, top 75. That's something that you really love to see. And I do love, you know, when you're looking at him, I mean, look, best case scenario, he's kind of he's kind of really good player starting right away, kind of playing that Chauncey Garner-Johnson role. Or maybe he's just a full-fledged time starter, really good impact player right away. I mean, worst case scenario for him is that really this thing's, let's say, they, let's just say everyone's healthy. I mean, then he plays kind of that fourth linebacking role that could also swing over to play edge rusher when the Saints need to. I do think that's kind of a good place for the Saints to go. Like when you only have four picks, you're able to fill multiple spots, and that's kind of big. With you have Ruiz who can play all three interior lineman positions, and then you have Bond who can play linebacker, really all three linebacker positions, or he projected to play all three linebacker positions, but then also could play edge. That's something that you love to see. Third guy here, Adam Trotman. The Saints move back up in a stunner to pick him at 105. He looks like, I mean, he, he's probably going to be the tight end of the future, which doesn't bode well for those for for Jared Cook. But I, I don't think this will be the end of the run for Jared Cook this with the Saints with Jared Cook this year. I think the Saints could bring him back. Trauma had amazing production in college. Former QB, kind of transfers to um, tight end. 6'5", 255, freak of nature basically. I mean, he, he's great. Former basketball player, so he's good at high pointing the ball. He's really good at ball adjusting. That I mean, you, that, that's all the stuff that tight ends that used to be basketball players are good at. Ball adjustment, really uh, good at high-pointing the ball. He's amazing athletic s- skills with a great frame. You could throw it to him anywhere. He's got a really good catch radius. To me, I, I think he's going to be scary with Drew Brees between the seams. And, and, and I do think that the Saints are kind of projecting him to do that. He's also got a good frame to be a blocker. And he's he showed skills already to be a good blocker. He's already showed that technique. And maybe it's going to have to progress more, but... When you're already, when you're a tight end, you're already showing good blocking technique. That's what you love to see. People think he could be a, a George Kittle type guy, Jimmy Graham type guy. To me, look, I mean, I don't watch George Kittle on a daily basis like 49ers fans, but as a Saints fan watching the Saints for all these years, he looks like a Jimmy Graham that could block. That's something that's 
huge. I mean, he's kind of looks to me like a mix between a Jared Cook and a Jimmy Graham, kind of a mix between the two. Like, Jared Cook's also a freak in nature, and, and he's a pretty good blocker as well. But but I do think it's kind of like a um, kind of a mix between the two. I think he's going to be right away going to be kind of that second tight end for the Saints coming to do a good job. You could see him having that, like, Jimmy Graham in his first year. He caught uh, five touchdowns, I think, like something like that. I do think Trotman could be a type of guy like that, like 35, 40 catches, getting 500 yards and, you know, say, five touchdowns. Like, that would be a huge year for him. That's really big. And that just adds another pass catch for Drew Brees. And his kind of, his projection long-term is just taking over this role, which I love. To me, I'm going to give this grade an A-. Saints said he was he was a top 40 prospect, best prospect in the draft, best tight end prospect in the draft. That's something to look at. And, and I do think that the Saints just felt like he was the best player available at that point, and they just felt like we can't wait for him. So they went up and got him, and he does fill a need long-term, fills a need short-term, as he's kind of a pass catcher that the Saints needed, but he's also going to be a, a long-term solution at tight end. And I, and I told you guys in my, my mock draft that look out for this type of stuff because the Saints have been, look, when you're looking at these picks, another guy that can play, that he kind of fills two spots for you. Yes, he's a pass catcher and will be a good pass catcher now. Kind of, to me, he fits what the Saints wanted. Like, to me, at, at that point at 105, he was probably the best whatever, pass catcher available, which is another thing to look at, especially for the Saints offense. Again, that's, to me, very important. And again, I think he's, he does a lot of great stuff that tight ends that, you know, in college he did a lot of great stuff that some tight ends in the NFL can't do. So I do think when you're looking at that, that's really big. And I do think he's going to be a guy with the physical tools, with the, the technique. I think he has the technique. At least he has some of it. Now he has to put that all that technique together. I think he's going to be a, a splash player in the pros. And I do think that he's going to come in with impact year one. So really with these first three picks, the Saints got impact players that will impact the team year one and then for a long time. And I think that was the goal. And they, and to me, they succeeded in that goal. So we are going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll, it's going to be the quarterback half of the episode where we talk about the Saints drafting Tommy Stevens, signing Jameis Winston, and then also re-signing Taysom Hill to a two-year extension, paying him some quarterback money too. So we will get to all that when we come back. You are listening to the Who Dads Discussion Podcast. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back 
into the Houdat discussion. And now we are going to talk about the quarterbacks, kind of what the Saints quarterback situation is. They kind of, the whole weekend, they were that was the thing that they made moves in. That's what they made their uh, kind of the, the big headlines in over the weekend. Because I, I feel like, you know, we'll get to this at, we'll get to this after we're done with this recap, kind of the full recap of these of this, this last week. But the Saints, I mean, this roster is going to be insane. I mean, hopefully everyone, if everyone stays healthy, I don't know who's stopping this roster, to be quite honest with you. And we'll go down and kind of get through. But first, fourth, uh, fourth move they made in the, the seventh round, they traded back up into the draft to get Tommy Stevens, quarterback out of Mississippi State and Penn State. He's going to be the Taysom Hill type player. Look, he's 6'5", 236. Like, he's a monster. And he runs a sub 4'5". That's crazy. I mean, I, I don't really care what... Look, obviously, he's still just a quarterback that has a lot of throwing issues and kind of, you kind of, I mean, it's inaccurate, kind of reminds me a little of Taysom Hill, but he's going to be the Taysom Hill type player of this team for the future. If you can be 6'5", 236 and run a sub 4-5, there's a spot for you on the roster. Maybe it's special teams like it was for Taysom Hill year one, but I mean, we'll kind of see how, how he fares in the preseason, but if he can shoot, like if he can do what Taysom Hill does and like shoots out of a cannon and I've been watching his highlights and it seems like he could... It's, it, it's scary to watch because he's going to be able to, let's say he learns how to play tight end in this first year, learns how to play wide receiver, and he becomes the next Taysom Hill of the future. That's something that, for the Saints, you have to look at. And the Saints in their QB room, now you have a legend Hall of Famer in Drew Brees. That's your number one. Your number two is going to be James Winston, we're going to talk about. Former first-round pick. Has all the skills to be great, just hasn't hit it yet. He's going to join the Saints to try to max his potential. Then you have Tatesom Hill, looks like he's going to be your quarterback of the future. He's just an insane athletic talent that you think that he should be one of the top. I mean, he can really is one of the top athletic talents in the NFL, in my opinion. I mean, the guy's running a 4-4-4, and he's 6-3, I mean, 6-4. Like I mean, he's insane. You don't see that. And then you're able now to add basically another guy like that. It seems like the Saints think Drew Brees is last year. They're going to try to win the Super Bowl this year with Brees. And they built a team that they're not just saying they're going to win the Super Bowl. They are going all the way with it. Then you with your then you have James Winston. Let's say Brees gets hurt three, four games. Then you're gonna, he's going to do the exact same thing Teddy Bridgewater do. To me, I think he could actually do it better than Teddy. You have Taysom Hill who's going to be, let's say Brees was out for the year. I think the Saints would put Taysom Hill in. And then he's kind of your 2021 starter, but... If, Tays- if uh, James Winston really shows a lot of promise, you could see the Saints also kind of have a competition there. It's definitely an open competition, in my opinion. And then fourth, you have Tommy Stevens, who may start the year on the roster or may start in the practice squad, and then he's going to work his way up to be a Taysom Hill-type player. That's interesting. That's an extremely interesting quarterback room, which, to me, in this preseason is going to be really fun. I really hope that there is a preseason so we can just re- I mean, cover this and talk about this because this is going to be insane. Really interesting what the Saints are doing here, and you could see how their plan's formulating. It's not like what other teams are doing. It's very different, but it's never been done before, so we don't know if it's going to work or not, and we'll have to see. This is the Sean Payton mad scientist that's coming out. But Tommy Stevens, they basically steal him away because they said that someone else, he was already ready to sign someone with someone in the UDFA, so the Saints wanted to make sure he comes with the Saints, and he picked him. So to me, that's really interesting. He ran routes for the Saints in the pre-draft, prospect, uh, pre-draft uh, process, to me, he's a tight end type player. Kind of, he's going to be a Taysom Hill, in my opinion. If he can just grow and look, it's only a seventh rounder, so if he doesn't work out. The grade's incomplete because you don't really know what he's going to be. But again, do like it, and I do see the value. And in the seventh round, I mean, like, because this ends like the draft segment of the of the of the episode. 
Like, I do want to pull up something because everyone's like, oh, well, the Saints don't have a lot of draft picks. I want to pull up the Saints 2018 draft. They had seven picks, so they had the same amount of picks that, that you normally get. Now, they had them kind of, I mean, it wasn't like first round, third round, like first round, second round. It was all, it was kind of a lot of later draft picks because they traded because they got Davenport. So they had, obviously, they had Davenport. Then your next guy is Traquan Smith. So you got Traquan Smith in the third round. So the Saints didn't have a second round pick, but they had a third round pick. At 91, they picked Traquan. Then your fourth round pick was Rick Leonard, who's not on the team anymore. They, he was actually cut, and he was in the fourth round. Then your fifth round was Natrell Jamerson, no longer with the team. They also cut him from the roster in 2018. To, I believe, sixth, fifth or sixth round pick, but next pick is going to be Karen Moore, who's not playing with the Saints as well. Pretty sure he's either with the Giants or the Jaguars, one of those two teams I remember him being. Another sixth round pick is Boston Scott, who's now kind of starring with the Eagles, but still not for the Saints. And then finally, Will Clapp, who's a backup lineman for the Saints. So the Saints are able to get a lot of guys in this draft. There's really one guy that's making impact players for the Saints, and that's Marcus Davenport. Besides that, there's not that many. I mean, you, you can argue that Traquan Smith could make a big jump here in his third season. Kind of has to, I guess. So, like, maybe he's made a few impact plays for the Saints. So I'm not going to, like... I mean, like, that's still in progress. Will Clapp as a seventh-rounder kind of did what he came here to do, kind of give you depth. So, like, I, I think that's a fine pick. But there are, like, four guys in the middle there that the Saints didn't really hit on at all. Like, I'd much rather the Saints get three impact players than really only one here with Davenport. And that's kind of the cautionary tale. And I do think the Saints learned from that because last year they only had, what, four picks? Because they had because they had um, Eric McCoy. Then they had um, Chauncey Garner-Johnson. And then they had Saquon Hampton. And then Caden Ellis, right? And I'm pretty sure that that was it. You're able to get four players that are now still on your roster. Now, they're not going to make the same impact to me as these three guys will, but at least they're all on your roster. You have Caden Ellis looking to... And, and they also... And I believe the Saints picked Alazi Mack also. Last year, or was it this year? Very interesting, but he's another guy from that kind of draft class that kind of fizzled out. So, but again, it doesn't really matter. The point is that the Saints, you know, they were able to get last year. The quality is bigger than the quantity. That, that's all what I'm trying to... The point I'm trying to make here is that I'd rather see the Saints like last year. They got two impact players with really two picks. Because the other two picks were lower picks. Maybe Caden Ellis hits. But those are kind of incomplete. Now, you but, but you're able to hit two starters. With Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. And then also with Eric McCoy. So now, if the Saints could hit with two starters, maybe even three, in this draft class, that's huge. And, th and that shows it's a win. It's a win. If, if you could add three starters per draft class, you're winning huge. So... And if, now if that takes three picks, that takes seven picks, it doesn't really matter. And the Saints have the depth already, so it's not like they need these depth players, these backups. So I do like the formula that the Saints are running, and that's why I'm not going to give them a C. Like some people, like, like Mel Kuyper's like, oh, I love the picks, but we only had three of them or four of them, whatever. Like, I'm fine. Like, I'm, I'm going to give the Saints an A- minus in this because I, I really do believe that in the draft they were able to get players of need and they were able to just point it out and get them. And it didn't really matter to me that they had three or four picks just matters that they were able to get three starters. And I, and I do think that the Saints were able to do that. So that's really big, in my opinion. So now moving over to these final two picks here of the draft. And then in, or of the, the weekend, I should say. Not picks, but just moves. Fifth was the Saints signed Jameis Winston. 
I'm going to give this an A-plus because it's $1.1 million he signs for. He signed for basically a veteran minimum to come here and be the backup. It's, it's amazing value. The guy the guy threw 5,000 yards last season. I know he had 30 picks, but he did throw for 5,000 yards. The yard talent's out of this world. The decision-making's obviously not there. And I think we could all agree with that. And I'm going to be I'm gonna be harsh, but I'm going to give him credit too. Because when you throw 30 touchdowns, you're able to throw over 5,000 yards. And he's, to me, really good arm talent. He's very talented. Now, the upside's there. Now, the downside's also there. But I do think that Sean Payton, Drew Brees are going to help with his decision-making. He obviously thinks so. Because he said it's basically Harvard for quarterbacks, the, the Saints. So he comes here. He gives up basically his sal- like a starting salary this year. And he's able to just come in here. He's going to learn. If it's three, four games, five games, the Saints are going to say, okay, Jameis, you're going to go out. You're going to do exactly Teddy did last year. You're going to try to win his four or five games. You have a great roster around you. Don't try to do too much. Just do enough to win the games. Now, he comes in and does that. Now, he's getting another $20 million contract, which is a very smart thing for him. Now, if he doesn't do that, let's say Breeze stays healthy, which is a very possible fact, he's going to come up in, in here. And maybe he's coming back to the Saints next year. And I would love to see the Saints start Taysom Hill next year, but have Jameis ready. Because I could see Taysom Hill getting hurt because he runs. I mean, the way he plays is definitely reckless, so I could see him getting hurt or the move flopping. Now, and then at least you have Jameis Winston to save a season because you do have all these players, and I do see what the Saints are doing. They're trying to get Taysom on that 15-year contract for forever, and then you don't have to pay him tons of money, and then you could pay other guys. I understand that. It's, 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 instead of getting a draft pick, basically, you're putting your marbles into Taysom Hill. Which is good, and I mean, like, that's fine. I mean, it's not my number one choice, but I'm fine with it. I trust Sean Payton more than I trust me, when I, obviously. So, like, I'm fine with that. So, really what the Saints, with, with Jameis, what I would really love to see, it's a, it's a win-win for the Saints, it's a win-win for Jameis. But I would like to see him come back next year and back up Taysom Hill, or at least play in a quarterback competition with Taysom Hill. I would love to see that. But again, if he, he, he's the best backup in the league again. He's a, basically, to me, an average starter already. He's going to hopefully be groomed by the Saints, and I, I, I love this pick. And I, and I do think that Jameis Winston is actually better than Teddy Bridgewater at what he's able to do. And to me, like, what if Jameis shows that he is a franchise QB with the Saints, and, that, and then if the Saints really are in a QB controversy with Jameis and Hill, it would be very interesting. And I think that's a worthy storyline, but it's not, it's not a big investment with uh, monetarily only giving up $1.1 million. It's a win-win for the Saints. Like, why wouldn't the Saints do that? And I think the bigger story here is now the Saints are basically like a QBU. Just like bringing in guys like, if they can have Taysom Hill as their starter and then just bring in guys like maybe it's Mitchell Trubisky next or maybe it's this. And they can just keep on spurting them out and then they're able to have a good backup. But then also, like you, you have your starter in Taysom Hill or this year Drew Brees or whatever. And then you have a backup that's really ready to play and is playing at a very high level. But his, but he's, his career isn't... Like, I mean, he wasn't before playing at a high level, but he comes in here with the Saints, basically rewrites his career, and then has a good season. Like, that's something you got to look at. And if that's a winning formula for the Saints, so be it. And, and I do think it could be. So, it, to me, I love I love the James Winston move. I think it's it definitely projects really a one-year projection, but you can see how it's it could be a, a very long-term projection. We'll have to see. And then finally, final pick, or final, not pick, but final move. Saints re-signed Taysom Hill. Two years, $21 million, Basically a one-year extension. This year, he's getting paid his $4 million, $4.5 million. 
that's fine. He deserves to get paid to be a flex, kind of be a flex type player. He said that his role is going to be more projected towards the Vikings role, which is, look, if you can make his role like like that Vikings game, I just don't know if that's possible, especially in those division games because teams that we've played already a lot, they know what the Saints are trying to do with Taysom Hill. Unless the Saints are going to keep on innovating the plan, that's something that, I mean, I guess they'll have to do. But, again, I think $4.5 million, what he was able to do last year is huge. His, his value to not only the offense but special teams and – Wherever he's on the field, it's a $4.5 million value. To me, that's not the issue. Then they pay him $16.5 million to come up here in 2021. And if the Saints are guaranteeing him basically that $16, that $16 million, because they are they're giving him $16 million guaranteed, he has to be a starter, doesn't he? I mean, I don't know. I'm not like, you know, the Saints are guaranteeing him basically a next year's role on the team to be a starter. That's something to me that's a little not questionable. I'm fine with it. Like, it's not a big deal to me. But to me, it's just, it's like, it's kind of mind-blowing that the Saints are going to start Taysom Hill next year. Unless Drew Brees comes back. And then I guess, you're still giving him $16 million. I I think that the Saints, why they're doing this, because then they want to keep Taysom for the next year. And I feel like the only reason they can do that, or maybe they'll renegotiate and give him an extra year and just kind of push back that, whenever Drew Brees ready to retire, we're going to give you that $16 million. But until then, like, you understand. But I do think that this, that Drew Brees must have told the Saints, like, this could be it, like giving him a giving him a nudge because this is something that is interesting. It's a really good value if he's your starter because it's only $16 million compared to other guys. Dak Prescott's making 36 Other guys are making a ton of money. But if Taysom Hill could now project, to me it's very difficult to compare him to other guys because you really only can compare him to like a Lamar Jackson. And to me that's just like you probably can't because he's going to be a guy that's Going to hopefully get better throwing the ball, but then he could also run the ball insanely. Like, I think he could be as good as a runner as Lamar Jackson. Different type of runner. And Lamar, he's not going to break anyone's ankles, but he's going to break people's ankles by going through them. (laughs) So, he's a -a once-in-a-lifetime player, in my opinion, Taysom Hill. Or, I mean, you don't see a guy that runs 4-4-4 speed. But, I mean, it's just a big arm. And yeah, it was inaccurate, but hopefully he's getting better and better and better. And I'm really excited to see him this preseason to see what he's able to do. I am extremely excited to see the Saints, see kind of see what he's able to do there. And and I, I do think that's something, if you could see him being becoming like a more polished passer, I'd be very confident in him becoming our starter. And I do think that's like Sean Payton's been seeing him through this whole, this whole process when we're behind closed doors. So maybe he's seeing a big, big improvement. But I do think that's really good and... That, that's your Saints plan. It's Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston, it seems. And more Taysom Hill. But I do think Jason Winston, Jameis Winston's there is kind of a backup plan, which is very wise. It's an extremely wise move for Sean Payton. You bring in a guy that's a former first first overall pick in here, ready to go, wants to resurrect his career. And if he has a great year this year, then you can consider him for a starting role. Now, if he stinks, now you do it with the next guy next year. Because it seems like Jameis Winston, among the NFL community... This is the organization to go if you want to re- resurrect your career. So well, why not bring in great talent, if you could, to back up Taysom Hill? Because I do think, let's say Taysom starts next year. Maybe it's not Winston that backs up Taysom Hill, but maybe it's someone else. Maybe it's a Sherbisky. Maybe it's someone else. And that's going to be big, because if Taysom Hill goes down, Taysom Hill doesn't play well, you'll at least have a starter to kind of save your season. And I do think that the Saints kind of will have that. And, look, Taysom Hill's a very energizing player, a very exciting player. I love his leadership abilities, and everyone knows it, because... 
you're seeing every player on the Saints, when he got that money, it was like, good for you, Taysom, good for you, Taysom. Everyone said, was saying it. So you know he's really good leadership, and he can really fill that leadership role after Drew Brees, and it shouldn't be an issue. It won't be an issue in my mind. And what he was able to say about Drew Brees was insane. He was like, Drew, play as long as you want. I don't care. You're you're the reason that this team's winning. Like, he, like, he gets it. And I do think that's something that's really big there. But I do think, kind of to wrap this up, with all that said, I think it is time to wrap up this podcast. I think the Saints are the most deepest team in the league. I do. I think they're, they are the... What the Saints are able to put out, basically, they have three starting QBs. Use them however you want. But the Saints have that. One legend QB, one former first-round pick, one athletic machine in Taysom Hill. Your running backs, you have Alvin Kamara as a top running back in the league to me, top 10. You also have Latavius Murray, who's a bruiser, and he's established himself in his own right. You move over to wide receiver, you have Michael Thomas, who's the best receiver in the league. You have Emmanuel Sanders, who's probably one of the best now two receivers in the league, or, you know, number two option in the league. And he's a guy that can do some really good stuff. Then, at tight end, you have a pro bowler in Jared Cook. And then you also have a young, really good tight end, really good, obviously, the physical attributes are there, the, the route running attributes are there with Adam Troutman. You also have Josh Hill on top of that, who's a great blocker and he's a pretty good receiver in his own right. Your offensive line is six starters with one of the best right tackle, all pro right tackle, uh, one of the best left tackles, Pro Bowl left tackle. You have Andrews Pete, who we know, but, but fine. You have Larry Walford, who's a three-time Pro Bowler. You have then you have two really good draft picks in the last two years with Caesar Ruiz and um, Eric McCoy. Like that's huge. For your offense, you move it over your defense. You have Cameron Jordan, Marcus Davenport, who is a really good one-two combo, and Malcolm Butler, David Onyemata, Sheldon Rankins, Shai Tuttle. I mean, keep on to Mario Edwards, Zach Bond. You're moving over to your linebackers. You have Zach Bond, who they just picked up, who can do both edge, both linebacker roles. You have Demario Davis, who's probably one of the best linebackers in this league. You know, probably it's not probably he is one of the best linebackers in this league. Then you have. Anzalone, Kiko Alonso, your secondary has one of the best cornerbacks in the league with Marshawn Lattimore. You have a really good number two cornerback in Janoris Jenkins. You're going to have Malcolm Jenkins coming in here doing a really good job. And Chauncey Garner-Johnson. And hopefully you have Marcus Williams having a bounce back year. Or not even a bounce back year. And he's hopefully you'll have a good year. Like, it's scary to think for other teams. Now, you can bring me, bring me another team. Tell me if they're as dominant as the Saints. They're just not. They're just not. Like, the Saints... To me, I, I think this is their year to win the title more than any other year. Go look back at the rosters, and I'm going to do that after this. I'm going to go look at the rosters from that 2019 team, 2018 team, 2017 team. They're just too... This team's stacked. Like, it's stacked to the gills. Every position, to me, has an A1 player. Like, the team has 11, 12 pro bowlers. Like, it has it all there. Like, looking at every position, like QB, you got the pro bowlers. Uh, running back, you have the pro bowlers. Wide right receiver, you have a lot of pro bowlers. Tight end, you have a pro bowler. Left left tackle, you have a pro bowler. Left guard, you have a pro bowl. You have center, don't have a pro bowler. Right guard, you have a pro bowler. Right tackle, you have an all pro. Move it over to your defense. You have Cameron Jordan, who's in a uh, pro bowler, all pro. Davenport's not there yet, but you're hoping that he projects into one. You know, down, down the interior, no pro bowlers, but really solid players. Move over to your linebackers. Demario Davis is an all pro. You have a rookie with Zach Bond. You have two kind of complementary pieces with Anzalone and Alonzo. And then also in the secondary, you have a pro bowler with Lattimore, pro bowler with Janoris Jenkins, pro bowler with Malcolm Jenkins. <laughs> I mean, it's there. It's, it's there for the taking to me, this Saints team, and they can really dominate. And I, I don't want to hear about the Bucks. I don't want to hear about 
the 49ers. I don't want to hear about the Packers. This Saints team, to me, is the best. I mean, I'm going to look at those rosters, but you're going to tell me that these guys aren't the favorites. Like, kind of have to be. I mean, you have a really a legend QB. You have great weapons around him. You have a pretty solid defense that, to me, can grow. I do think that you have a lot of guys that are ready to, to, to hit the next level. And if they do, if they don't, we'll have to see. But at least you have those potentially the potential to do that. I think Marcus Williams does. I think even Marshawn Lattimore, I think, could take the next level. Davenport can take the next level. And I think a few of the I think Anzalone could take the next level. You're hoping Zach Bond takes the next level. And you're hoping you're hoping that Norris Jenkins plays well. It's there. To me, it's all there. The talent's there. They just got to put it together. They're looking for Rankins to take the next step. We'll have to all see. But to me, that's really big really big and I'm, I'm excited i'm really excited now sitting here april 30th going into may you obviously have no otas but i don't think this will hurt the saints you're hoping that training camp starts really because you got really we're halfway through this off season because more than but basically you ended you ended in january so until february march april you're all through that now we have may june july and then you're there right right at the preseason but i think july really mid-july is when you start it's going to be interesting, kind of right in the midpoint of the offseason. The Saints are growing this team really well, and, and, and I do think that the Saints are ready to go. So, I think with all that said, it is time to wrap it up and finish it Finish it here. I went on a kind of a rant to see, because this Saints team's ready, but if you like this type of content, if you like this recap, if you like what we're doing here at the Houdat Discussion, and you haven't followed us on our various social media accounts, you can follow us on Twitter, at the Houdat Dis, on Instagram, at Houdat Discussion. You can follow me personally on Twitter, at Andrew Galata. And then also, you can listen to this podcast wherever you get all your other podcasts. That means iTunes, Spotify, Google Music. We are on all of them. Love doing this. Now, probably going to take a little... We did so many episodes last week, it's going to be a little less. But still, we're going to try to get back into that 2-3 episode swing. And then I'm happy to announce probably midway through May, we're going to start putting out those film studies. And that's going to be really fun. We're going to do the draft, we're going to do free agencies, and then we're going to move into some current Saints players. But that should all be very fun. So... With all that said, I want to say thank you, run it back, and who dat?